Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Blue White Breakdown, Penn Live's Penn State football podcast. My name is Daniel Gallen. And with Bob Flounders off this week, I'm joined by Penn Live High School sports reporter Eric Epler. Ep, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Daniel. How are you? It's, it's tough to fill uh, Bobby Flo's shoes, but I'll do my best. <laughs> I know. I, I'm doing my best, too. Um, we're going to do a little bit of a different show today. Uh, Penn State signed a number of local Pennsylvania recruits on signing day last week. And Eric has seen a number of these guys in person over the past year. So we're going to get a good rundown. Uh, from Eric on what we might see from those players at Penn State and next year um, and beyond. But before that, a couple of reminders. You can get the Blue White Breakdown wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Alexa, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. Uh, Dave Jones had a great conversation with former Penn State offensive coordinator Joe Moorhead this week, and we'll have plenty of coverage from Tampa ahead of the Outback Bowl next week. Um, so that's our it's our housekeeping. So, Ep, are you, you ready to dive in to uh, talk about some of these current Penn State Nittany Lions right now? A couple of current ones. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I'm ready to go. Fly away. Awesome. So, we can let's start at the top. Uh, we got Governor Mifflin running back Nick Singleton. Uh, he was in the 24-7 sports composite rankings. He was the number 49 player uh, in the class. Uh, multiple outlets ranked him as a five-star recruit and the number one running back in the class. So, safe to say... That's a pretty big get for for Penn State. I mean, Eric, how would you describe Nick Singleton? What would you say is his his most standout trait uh, from watching him on the sidelines uh, this year or in the past couple of years? This kid has an extra gear that you you rarely see, uh, at least that I've seen over twenty five plus years uh, covering high school football. I mean, I was lucky enough to see Shady McCoy run. At McDevitt, uh, I got a chance to see guys like Robert Foster, who went to Central Valley, now in the NFL. DeAndre Swift, now in the NFL, St. Joe's prep guy. And when you look at these guys, I I tell this story about Singleton because I get asked a lot about Nick. And November 2020 was the first chance that I got to see Nick Singleton uh, in person. It was a district playoff game versus Mechanicsburg. And one of the first plays that they ran was a simple toss right to Singleton and I was on the sidelines, Mechanicsburg sidelines. And as he trucked by me at full speed with no one basically in sight, the sound, if you had your eyes closed and heard the sound of him running past you, you would open your eyes and go, okay, you get it. And you know, Swift was like that. 
Uh, Musa mm-hmm. Smith was like that. I was lucky enough. Musa was just a few years uh, after me uh, at West Perry. And, you know, I was on the sidelines for him. So a lot of these guys, the feel around him is just different. Um, it sounded like a freight train running past me. Even before he got to the end zone, you know, I kind of let out one of these things like, okay, okay. <laughs> you, you see it. I mean, you just see it. I, I nodded to myself. I thought I sort of said it internally, but I didn't. I kind of yelled it out loud. Okay, you get it. This guy's going to be an absolute difference maker. I mean, he's a kid. You don't want to put any more pressure on him, but he really is a kid that you can see going and playing on Sundays. Um, he's got tremendous speed, of course. But when you average double digits uh, and you make most of your moves, moves between the tackles, now you've really got something. He really likes contact. He really does. I mean, that you would think, okay, he's got you know X number of yards. Uh, they're running him outside. He's beating guys to the edge with his speed. Uh-uh. Most of his yards come between the tackles, w- which is te- terrorizing in its own right. But he loves the content, and it's exactly what Penn State needs. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a guy that uh, I know there were some things written about him possibly playing right away. Um, he's the most – at least as far as the guys that I've seen, the recruits that I've seen, um, he's the most ready to kind of step in and make an immediate impact. He He's just a special player. And and everyone in that community in Shillington will tell you the same thing. They're just like, you know, this is a generational type player. And he's earned everything. I mean, he's come up through the system. Uh, he was just last week, he was named Gatorade National Player of the Year. He's done it through hard work. And he just has tremendous talent. I mean, he's so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was the most, uh, I guess, wow play that, that you saw him make uh, over these past two years? I mean, that was that was really it. It was it was last year. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just this, you know, because there was so much anticipation. You you We had been hearing about Nicholas Singleton for, for really for three years. Um, he, he made a small impact as a freshman, but, you know, really about his sophomore year. So I had anticipated, okay, and it was a big deal for McCannicksburg. This was a district playoff game. McCannicksburg had not been in a game like this. And you're like, okay, they're going to need to slow this guy down. And it, it wouldn't have mattered if you would have parked 12 guys in the box. It, it, it just wouldn't matter. Um, that was the most telling visual, you know, assurance that this guy's going to be something special. So uh, when he hooked on to Penn State, it was, you know, obviously even better for the recruiting class. But that was the biggest moment for me. And, and this year I got to saw, I got to see him probably – Four times live, he ran for 330 yards and seven touchdowns in the last game that I saw him. And this was a district playoff game, a semifinal, uh, where, you know, against a Warwick team who was, was pretty darn good, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you just, you just don't run for 330 on 15 carries. That, that's just obscene. That's the type of talent this guy has. I think I remember a, a playoff game a couple of years ago where DeAndre Swift, I think it was like 17 carries for 317 yards, yeah. some, something along those lines. And uh, I was either the quarters or the semis. And when someone puts up those types of numbers, it's, it's no accident that, you know, it no. doesn't matter who you're playing against uh, when, when you can do that. Um, so I think that you look at Singleton's numbers, more than 2000 yards, more than 40 carries, pretty gaudy, but there's a reason he put those up and, I think that it'll be interesting to see uh, how he can make that translate. Um, so coming a little bit more back into the neighborhood um, in Harrisburg, uh, out of CD East, we have four-star Makai Flowers. 
number 158 overall prospect in the class in the composite, number four in Pennsylvania. Uh, this is one of the more interesting developments of signing day is that uh, during the recruiting process, he was listed as an athlete, someone who they didn't know if he was going to play wide receiver or defensive back. Um, it seems like that he is he could be a safety down the road. He was announced on signing day as a defensive back. So from from what you've seen from Makai, obviously he's been a a known quantity uh, from I guess before he even took a snap at Steel High um, yeah. up until this year at CD East. What do you kind of make of his game, and how do you kind of see him translating onto the defensive side of the ball uh, in college? Yeah, I don't think there's any question that that his future is at safety. I mean he he plays a safety. Uh, not only does he have tremendous closing speed, but he's a he's a kid that really likes delivering a big hit. It's almost cost him a few times um, just because he's sort of lining guys up uh, to kind of try to jar the ball loose or make a huge impact play. You know, he's also a guy, too, that maybe gets a few shots. I know I, I don't know how many, you know, guys would translate, obviously, on defense and maybe return guy, but he is a pretty good return guy, too. So uh, maybe he gets some shots to do that, but he belongs to safety. He, he really does. Um, you know, we saw this. We heard about Makai Flowers pretty much when he was a seventh grader and everyone in Steelton, when, when there's a, when there's a kid, when there's a prospect like this uh, coming up, you, you, you know about him. Uh, everyone starts talking about him. Uh, and of course he had his first offer before he took his first varsity snap. And he lived up to, he lived up to the hype. I mean, he was player of the year in class one, a last year switched over, obviously transferred to CD East. Uh, to play predominantly 6A football this year. Did a really good job for C.D. East. They had a little bit of some some struggles at quarterbacks and mixing and matching. So he really didn't have great offensive numbers at wide receiver, but they did throw him in there to run the ball a few times just because he's such a great athlete. Makai's going to have to be patient too. I mean, he's going to have to really learn a, a lot of technique uh, once he gets to Penn State because right now he, you know, and this isn't to, this is, isn't to this, you know, what he's done, but he's been such a great athlete that he's been able to sort of freewheel his way into making big plays. Um, you don't get away with that once you get up to the FBS level. Uh, you have to sort of learn from the coaches and, and, and go from there. And he's going to be a guy, too, I think, that absorbs all of that information and, and be a productive, very productive player for them. So, yeah, I'm interested to see. Uh, how they use him, number one. But I, I do believe he he belongs in free safety. He's got a really long stride. And like I said, that closing speed is pretty impressive. If you watch any of the huddle tapes or any film on on Makai, uh, it's not hard to to see that. Uh, mm -hmm. He's a tremendous, tremendous athlete. He can go up and, and get the ball. His best asset may be his ability to hit. I mean, mm -hmm. he is a very strong player when he when he gets the ball and it's Often he gets the ball. Um, <laughs> he delivers a big, a big wallop. And, and, you know, it's almost like, you know, you wouldn't see it because it's not, he's not that sort of body type. He's very, obviously he's very lean right now, um, but they'll pack a few must a few pounds of muscle on him and uh, he's going to be a good one. Yeah. He strikes me as, as one of those guys that coming in, especially a lot of guys that have that athlete tag, there's going to be a bit of a, of a development curve with him and kind of like what you said, where, learning the technique. Um, and I think it's good for him that he's stepping into uh, a position group where Jair Brown announced he's coming back. They're losing Jaquan Brisker. 
uh, but Jalen Reed and Keaton Ellis are going to be there. So it could be a thing where you could see him on three or four games as a special teamer, uh, maybe in the non-conference to kind of get, get his feet wet um, early on there. I mean, how do you kind of see his, his development curve going? Because sometimes when you hear about these kids that they, they have these offers so young that there's kind of the, they might get overtaken by late bloomers or that maybe they, they bloomed too early. How do you kind of see his, his development curve, um, you know, kind of where he is right now? Yeah, I think he, he was such a, he was such an all, like an all-star athlete uh, and had so much success early on. That's why I mentioned the word patient. I, I think, you know, he, he, he doesn't lack confidence. That's one thing about <laughs> Makai. He does not lack confidence, but that's also a, a, a sort of a catch 22 once you now become uh, a, a small fish again and going up against guys who have been there two or three years in this system, it, it can be tough. It, it might be a tough transition for him right away, but I, I'm not going to say he's not a team player or anything like that. It's just, he expects so much out of himself that at some points it almost seems detrimental to, to him. I think as long as he goes up there with an open mind, He's going to always want to play play offense too, <laughs> uh, so maybe he's the guy who uh, you know keeps tugging on uh, you know uh, uh, Franklin's uh, coattails. Hey, let me let me go in there, coach. I, you know he's one of those guys. So, um, but he's gonna he's gonna have a tremendous career if he if he just once he gets there and starts learning and, and more technique and 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 seeing the guys in front of him, and which will teach him more about the position he's a kid that could really do some damage and really have a great career there. If he just stays the course and, and doesn't get frustrated at times with maybe a lack of playing time initially his first you know year or two, because you know, there's obviously you look at the recruiting class and how much talent's coming in, how much talent's coming back at, at Penn state. And it's, it, you know, it's going to be tough to crack that lineup uh, over the next two years. So uh, as long as he understands that and, and keeps making strides and practice, things like that, he'll get his opportunity. Once he does, he'll, he'll flourish. I think Makai is an interesting case uh, when you look at uh, Penn State retaining Anthony Poindexter as the safeties coach. Uh, both Jaquan Brisker and Jair Brown were very complimentary of him. And it kind of seemed like that 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 position group took a took a leap. So that'll be a good thing for Flowers to get into and develop. And James Franklin did leave the door open uh, to him playing some offense down the road. Yep. Him and Christian Driver, uh, who is similar, where uh, a wide receiver slash safety coming in who got announced as a defensive back. Um, Franklin kind of left, left the door open for those guys to see some time as a returner, see some time on offense. Penn State played Marquise Wilson both ways early this year, so that'll be something to watch. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Visit us at cureleaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our 12 locations. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours. And now... A little bit further down uh, I-83, I guess, we look at, at Central York uh, quarterback Bo Perbula, uh, three-star recruit, number 31 quarterback in the class, number 14 player in Pennsylvania. Uh, the name that's gotten thrown around a lot with Bo is Trace McSorley. Uh, James Franklin said that to him uh, on signing day on the live right. stream. I, this is a, 
a kid that I think you've seen a lot. What yep. do you kind of make of him? And obviously he's coming in with five-star Drew Aller, and that's where a lot of the spotlight is. Uh, what can you tell me about Bo, Bo Pergula and how you've kind of seen him play over the past couple of years? Yeah, Aller is certainly the prince of this recruiting class, uh, and rightly so. I mean, he's a tremendous gifted athlete in his own right and quarterback prospect. But what you're getting in Bo is, is an absolute winner, and I think the Trace McSorley comparison is dead on, um, which, which will be nice for Penn State fans to hear, obviously. But that's what Franklin and Penn State's getting in, in this kid. I mean, you are not going to find a quarterback better prepared week to week uh, and and there is this air about him. It's not cocky, but it is just that this this sort of leadership air around him that makes everybody calm. It just elevates the, the entire supporting cast. Uh, I've seen it now for two and a half years. It, it, isn't that really what you kind of look for first and foremost? I mean, obviously, you got to have the talent to play the position. I get it. Uh, nerves of steel, strong arm, all those things. But a kid who just comes out and is an absolute leader and people follow him because he does the right things off the field and gets his preparation in. I mean, I've been told by coaches down there that, you know, this kid lives in the film room when he's not on the field. He comes so prepared. He is all business an hour before game till an hour after the game. And um, I saw him make some throws last year as a junior that not many. I haven't seen many quarterbacks. Uh, make now his finesse the touch passes he'll get a lot better with through repetition things things like that but right now he 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 has an absolute cannon he can make all the throws and I look at him and I'm like this is a guy that I would want quarterback in my team just because he's a proven winner and you know his brother Cade was the same way Uh, I think Bo has a little bit more talent um, overall than Cade did yeah, he, he's been – he's so much fun to watch just because of the this – like I, I keep going back to this air around him. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just – you know, everybody just sort of elevates. And when you when you see him play, you're just expecting him to be successful, not just on this series, but on every play. He's going to make a play regardless. Maybe the best – maybe the best performance that I've seen from him, and this is going to sound weird, but when they played St. Joe's Prep, in the championship game last year, they got throttled. I believe it was 63, seven or something like that, but he was out there. It just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And he was out there just ticked off trying to make a play just to kind of make it not as bloody. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Just to kind of elevate, just to kind of get his teammates a good feeling because it was just all unraveling in front of them. And, um, and he competed till the very end. And that's, again, that's the type of quarterback that I want uh, running my huddle. The Central York's playoff run last year really seems like kind of a, I don't know, if it seems like it was a very good team. But there's a Cinderella uh, story aspect to it in terms of mm-hmm. how Prabula played, how he led that team and some of the other people that's, that stood out and stepped up on that team. When you were watching that, that playoff run uh, last year, what was it like watching a quarterback like him kind of be in that zone to kind of be clicking in that way where he's playing well, everyone else is playing well behind him and that team kind of building that sort of momentum. Yeah. It was funny because it was like the three headed monster, like Judah Toome was the number one running or a wide out for them who was a lightning fast. And basically 
if you needed a play, you were like, okay, run him on a streak, and you could kind of get yourself out of a little bit of trouble. They had a running back named Isaiah Sturgis, who was a really strong athlete as well. But Bo was the just the sort of conductor in this thing. And until that, there hadn't been a 6A, a big school York County team that had made any kind of run. Mm-hmm. Um, that was always the knock on them. They always had a few good players, these teams, but could never sort of get over the hump. But all of a sudden, everyone's 6A is chasing this team now. And it had everything to do with Bo. Again, I, I saw him make some throws last year. Uh, they were in a few tight ball games, and it was just the coaches all right, got out of the way and, and put it in his hands. You know, that's kind of what they did with Trace. I mean, Trace was sort of a, you know, he, he everything Trace did looked like he was drawing it up in the dirt, you know, on the playground, <laughs> you know what I mean, at times. Yep. And, and, and maybe he was, I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure coach was, was uh, calling the plays, but Bo's kind of like that. And he, and he's got the ability with now, and he, you know, almost now you need the ability to tuck it and run mm-hmm. in college football. I mean, there's more, there's more dual threat guys now than there are, you know, obviously pro style quarterbacks. And he, he was tremendous in that part of it too. So he can tuck it and, and, and move the chain. So I like everything about this kid. And like I said, the first thing that I, I always say about Bo is the kid's a winner. He's just a winner. Yeah, the one of the comparisons that, that came to mind and kind of hearing your descriptions of him and listening to how everyone was describing him on signing day is that obviously the McSorley one is good, but in terms of the the quiet confidence and kind of that that laser focus, it does remind me a little bit of what was said about Jalen Hurts and kind of my interactions, my virtual interactions with Jalen Hurts last year and kind of mm-hmm. seeing how he handled himself stepping into a situation where there was someone that was already established and how he approached that. And I'm kind of getting, getting a little similar, similar impression there. Um, but yep. staying in the area, mm-hmm. moving over to Lancaster and uh, probably the prospect that I know the least about um, in this class, just because of when he committed um, the the profile of the team, uh, Mannheim Township wide receiver, Anthony Ivy, a four-star recruit just outside of the top 200 nationally number six player in PA, uh, number 31 wide receiver uh, in the nation. What do I need to know about Anthony Ivey? Pure speed, number one. And like you said, he was an early pledge, um, likely be a a slot guy. He's got the body to to play slot and certainly the quickness. Doesn't shy away from contact. So that's a guy you want, you know, running up, running through the middle. I'm certain too that Ivey, if he, you know, if if all things being equal and, you know, Heads on correct. He goes in there with a good attitude. Um, he could be Penn State's return guy next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he has that kind of ability. He's that explosive. He he's been he's been great on punt and kick returns for three years. It's sort of that extra gear that you see with guys that we talked with uh, about with Singleton. He's got all the tools to be to be on a special teams field next year. I would say he's probably a good route runner right now. I think obviously he'll get better. He bounces off guys, which is great. I mean, I know Penn State's done great with sub six foot receivers, <laughs> you know, <laughs> over the past. I mean, I mentioned uh, Jahan Dotson, obviously. Oh, yeah. Uh, Washington's one of those guys. And, and of course, just recently, KJ Hamler. And, and, and they, you know, on their list of top receivers, there's probably. In the top ten, there's probably five or six that are that are sub six foot. 
So it, it's you don't have to worry about about Ivy's size. He can be special, but I think he he's also a kid too who needs to get in there, show a little patience as well. I think he's got to uh, he's got to clean a few things up. I think if if his head's on correctly, you know, and I'm not saying that he's been stray or anything. He's been a solid player all through high school, but he's a guy who could really benefit um, from a full year or two of just just that repetition in practice, getting things straightened off. But but as far as return, man, I would let him loose mm-hmm. right away. I really would because he's that good. So it'll be interesting to see how they use Ivy because, like I said, he's not your prototypical, you know, prototype six foot three that everyone wants now, six foot four um, receivers. Mm-hmm. But uh, but he is tough. He's very tough, and he'll be a great great guy if you put him in a slot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is interesting to kind of look at this wide receiver class and where it's kind of smaller, under six foot guys. Caden yep. uh, Saunders, um, I think James Franklin or someone described him as combination of Jahan Dotson and KJ Hamler, which is uh, pretty high praise. Uh, pretty good, Om- yeah. Omari Evans, the the high school quarterback from Texas, came up and ran a four three, um, and then Tyler Johnson is just kind of a of a big play guy uh, from Virginia. So uh, there are going to be snaps available uh, for these guys coming in. Uh, Jahan Dotson is leaving uh, Parker Washington and Keandre Lambert Smith come back, but Penn state never really had a, a big number four uh, behind that top three this, this year. So that'll be something interesting to see where a guy like Anthony Ivy um, can kind of get his foot in the door. Uh, special teams is always, I think always the easiest way to make uh, a first yeah. impression. So It'll be really interesting to see. And that's definitely, I think, uh, one of the names that might fly a little bit more under the radar with so much offensive talent coming in that's worth watching. But now looking at defensive side of the ball, going a little bit outside the coverage area uh, to Philadelphia, um, there are a couple of Philly kids in this class, uh, two of them at linebacker, uh, Imhotep Charter three-star, Keon Wiley, and LaSalle College uh, four-star, Abdul Carter. Um, obviously, coming from Philly, both of these guys have, played some some pretty stiff competition and have had uh opportunity to to put up some big numbers and put up some big plays um kind of lumping these two together as linebackers um what do you kind of make of of their game i know that uh, you seem pretty high um on keon wiley like terry smith was when we talked to him last week yeah um you mentioned laura kind of being the you know the bell of the ball here with the recruiting class but i, I really think wiley is a close second just because this kid can fill a lot of roles and he, he still isn't, you know, right now he's six two, two ten, like two fifteen. I mean, imagine if this kid, you know, 15 pounds or whatever, a muscle, um, he's strong enough to play the mic. He can play him outside. You can walk him up. Uh, if he gets a little strong, a, a little bigger, uh, which he certainly will do. And his speed makes him a mismatch no matter where you put him. So he's great in space. But again, he's also a kid too that I think he's strong enough um, to play off the edge too. So that's the thing with with Wiley. I'm 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 very curious to see uh, where he ends up, and it, it, it very well may be a situation where uh, he may end up in one or two slots, uh, different different positions in his career. But another inch and 15 pounds on this kid, it, it, you're talking about like a, a this kid's a missile. I don't want to say he's raw. But he, you know, sometimes his speed, he runs past the play just because he's so amped up and his engine is just firing on all cylinders. He was so much fun to watch in the championship game. 
And it was one of those defensive struggle, you know, struggle games too. It wound up being an overtime game with Penn Trafford in the final just, just a few weeks ago. They lined him up three or four different places. And, and again, he, he even, even stuck his, you know, his, his hand in the ground a few times. So I'm very interested to see this kid. and He's so much fun to watch. So I, when you talk about Carter too, Carter, Carter, I got to see last year. He was supposed to, um, LaSalle College played at uh, at Bishop McDevin week one um, in late August, but uh, Carter did not play in that game. So I, I didn't get a chance to see him this year, but I did see him last year, and he's very strong and very – how do I put this? Very seasoned. I thought he was a very seasoned linebacker as a junior, and he's only gotten bigger and stronger. So he's a kid, too, that, that he's going to have a great career. As far as comparing those two – Carter's probably the more the one that's a little bit more ready mm-hmm. uh, to kind of step in uh, into the big you know into the Big Ten play. Um, but Wiley, it, it's not going to be long. Be, you have to get the kid on the field. Uh, that's the cut. That's the type of player he is, and I, I'm sure they will because he's I, again. It's just I had so much fun watching him. When you just when you have a chance to to be on the field and you just sort of separate yourself. Say, okay, I'm going to watch Ina White. On this, you know, this series, I'm going to watch Keon Wiley on this series. So when you get a chance to do that, too, you really see some of the strong um, characteristics of the player. And uh, and Wiley's going to be a good one, a really good one in college. Overall, this year, Penn State signed six of the top 10 prospects uh, in Pennsylvania, uh, a bit of a rebound after last year when they signed only two of the top 15. And neither of those players uh, were on the roster when the season started. When you look at this group of in-state prospects, uh, to wrap up, Eric, I mean, what do you kind of make of what you've seen from from these guys that have played in Pennsylvania, have played against each other, and are now headed to Penn State? Yeah, well, if you're a Penn State fan, obviously you're very, very happy with 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 what uh, what James Franklin was able to pull in. Um, but I think I, I think the class is all about versatility. I mean, you know, we, we talked about Wiley, and we talked about. Uh, Makai Flowers, obviously Nick Singleton is going to be a running back. You're not going to change up there. <laughs> but there are a lot of guys that you could, you know, may come in as just simple defensive backs, but morph into safeties or maybe even outside linebackers, things like that. The first year is telling, you know, you you always get in, you get with the strength and conditioning folks, you run your regiment, um, and then you see where you're at. Yeah, I think the versatility of this class is what stands out to me most. Um, there are a lot of guys here that can that can play multiple positions. Over the last 10, 15 years, that's really where the college game is has has gone. I mean, every you know, you don't see any you know linebackers, you know, old school, you know, horse horse collar helmets, you know, just just patrolling in between the tackles. Everyone can run fast. Everyone's in that six one six two frame where you can morph out to be an outside linebacker or maybe a Mike or hero, whatever the position is. So there are a lot of those guys in this class. So I, I'm, I'll be looking forward to seeing how everything shakes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, where can everyone find your work, Eric, over at Penn Live? Obviously, PennLive.com. Uh, we've got Allstate coming up next week. Um, that's always a big deal. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at 3Jacker, because I'm not a very good putter. <laughs> that's where the 3Jacker comes in. I usually get the snake when we play on, on the course. So. Um, so yeah, so just uh, check out Penn Live. I'm always there doing something. Uh, football season's kind of obviously winding down with All State next week, uh, but then we've got some bowl games coming up. 
So they'll be fun to do. And uh, yeah, and then we'll do it all again in a couple months. We'll start mm-hmm. her up again. Uh, sounds great. And maybe we'll see some, some more future, uh, future Nittany Lions, uh, in, in central Pennsylvania. Remember, you can find the blue white breakdown wherever you get your podcast, whether it's on Alexa, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. Uh, you can find all of our coverage at www.penlive.com slash Penn State football. You can follow me on Twitter at Daniel JT Gallon and, uh, Bob Flounders will be back next week and we'll have a uh, complete coverage from the Outback Bowl down in Tampa. Uh, should be a fun time as Penn State gets ready to play at number 22, Arkansas. Uh, and for Eric Epler, this is Daniel Gallen, and uh, I'll talk to you all again soon. This has been the Blue White Breakdown brought to you by Penn Live. <laughs>